ladies and gentlemen, this is Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. You all know who I am, so there's no need for me to introduce myself, but ladies and gentlemen, this is an episode that will be very difficult for me to do. I'm sure everybody would realize that this is something that is obviously completely unplanned because this is based off news that I got about two hours ago when I was at work. All of a sudden, an independent pro wrestler that I'm close to and I'm very good friends with, Mr. Corey O'Neill, on his Facebook, based on what I saw, apparently at first I could not believe what I was seeing. So then, of course, I hop in on Twitter... And apparently what I originally feared was indeed true. Terry Funk, ladies and gentlemen, passed away at the age of 79. Man. And you know, the thing for me and Corey, and along with a lot of our other wrestlers that we both know, Terry Funk represented Texas in such a brilliant and unique way, much like the Von Erics. I always tell people... Yeah, the Von Erichs were a huge part of the state of Texas, not only in wrestling, but a huge and positive represent- representation of Lone Star State as a whole. But so was Terry Funk, and of course, Dory Funk, his brother as well, and their father, Dory Funk Sr. A lot of professional wrestlers from Texas have greatly represented this state over the years, over the decades, from generation to generation to generation. The Von Erichs were extremely unique in their own way, and so was Terry Funk. Now, everything I've learned from Terry Funk is from what I've learned from interviews from other wrestlers, like Mick Foley, of course. Things I've seen, you know, the tapes, you know, things, things that I've read, you know. What Terry Funk did in the world of professional wrestling, to say that it was all unique is, a, is just an understatement. Terry Funk basically pioneered the hardcore wrestling and it's hard to say that he just simply pioneered I mean it's just what he did in hardcore wrestling was so cool so unique so creative so authentic that it's mind-boggling to kind of understand and how to explain what he did because for me no matter how it's explained the fact is I liked it fans have liked it whether it was fans in Japan, in the United States, wherever. Anything that Terry Funk did, it's still talked about today, and it's going to be talked about for all eternity. You cannot talk professional wrestling without ever once mentioning Terry Funk. And this is not just talking about hardcore wrestling. This is talking about professional wrestling as a whole. Terry Funk did a lot of good things for the sports. Terry Funk is forever a legend. He will not be forgotten. He's gone, but he will never be forgotten. May he rest in peace. God rest his amazing soul. And I'd like to send out and express my deepest condolences to his family and to all of his close friends. Terry Funk, you will be missed. And honestly, the fact that Terry Funk is just such a positive influence that so many wrestlers have considered him to be a mentor, a teacher, and most of all a friend... The world of professional wrestling died a little bit today. Every time a legend passes away, the business suffers and is greatly affected by it. Because 
when I say that every every superior athlete is unique in his or her own way, Terry Funk is just yet another example of that. So mark my words, there will never ever be somebody, a wrestler quite as talented as Terry Funk. Not just as far as wrestling ability goes, but the unique, brilliant art of speaking on the mic, nobody will ever be like Terry Funk. And right now, honestly, aside from doing this episode, all I want to do for the rest of the day is just watch Terry Funk's matches and his promos. And quite frankly, I don't even know where to start as far as his matches go. Now, of course, the one thing that stands out is, of course, the I Quit match against Ric Flair back in 1989, which is actually considered to be one of the greatest professional wrestling matches of all time. As a matter of fact, if I'm correct, that match got a five-star rating from Dave Meltzer. I've seen the I Quit match between Ric Flair and Terry Funk. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Man. Terry Funk's career spanned over 50 years. 50 years! Made his debut back in 1965 and retired officially in 2017. And I do say officially because over the years, Terry Funk had numerous retirements that ended up being short-lived. I simply say, Terry Funk just simply could not stop doing what he, what he loved to do more than anything. Terry Funk loved the professional wrestling business because it was his life. Terry Funk was professional wrestling. Much like, any other, much like many other legends, Terry Funk was professional wrestling. And I want everybody who's listening to this, say that to yourselves. Terry Funk was, no, and is still professional wrestling. He may, he may be gone, but he's still professional wrestling. So I should take that back. No, Terry Funk was not professional wrestling. He still is professional wrestling. Y'all can just see how, how, how affected I am about this. You know, his influence in the pioneering of the hardcore style of wrestling, you know, speaks for itself. You know, I'll never forget, like, in the 90s when he had that feud with Cactus Jack. I mean, I can't just sit here and explain to you guys what he did. Like, what he did with Cactus Jack in Japan. Everything he's done as a... Anything that Terry Funk has done, I'm going to give some of my thoughts, but... You guys need to see it for yourselves. Now, I, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm sure on YouTube there's only so much Terry Funk, Terry, Terry Funk's stuff that there's on YouTube. But, you know, if you truly want to learn and understand the impact that Terry Funk had on the business for so long, for, you know, over five decades, you have to see it for yourself. You know, this is like one of those situations where I say, if I had a time machine, I would want to go back in time and watch a lot of the stuff that Terry Funk did. You know, from his early career, when he started again in 1965, when he wrestled for a promotion known as Western States Sports. And when he started in 1965, Western States Sports was actually the wrestling promotion that was based in Amarillo, Texas. Now, remember back in the day when pro wrestling was territorial. Here in Texas, in Dallas-Fort Worth, we had world-class championship wrestling, which of course was the territory of the, of the Von Erichs. So in Amarillo, they had Western State Sports, Sports, which was the territory of Amarillo, although according to my research, the Amarillo Territory, Western State Sports, which was again headquartered in Amarillo, Texas, it was actually kind of expanded a little bit because they, they promoted shows in cities like Amarillo, 
Abilene, El Paso, Lubbock, Odessa, and San Angelo, which of course all those states are in West, uh, all those cities rather are in West Texas. But they also expanded because they also did shows in Albuquerque, Colorado Springs, and I think they also did, did, did some shows in Oklahoma. So it was good to see that a lot of these territories expanded a little bit. Like you think of Vern Gagne's American Wrestling Association. They didn't just do shows in Minneapolis. I mean, they they would do shows in Chicago, Detroit, Winnipeg in Canada. And they also did shows in Denver, Colorado. So, it was good to see that these particular territories were able to expand. You know, kind of basically go off their regular, you know, like, uh, lines, basically. So, it, that, that meant that the fact that they were able to promote shows in cities, you know, far beyond the Amarillo area, it meant that the promotion was a, a, a huge success. And of course, when Terry Funk and his brother Dory took over the promotions as as the promoters, I think they were the promoters there from 73 to about 80. They actually, I think the Funk family sold the promotion in 1980, and then it went, it closed its doors in 1981. So basically, you know, in, in around the 70s and 80s, and then from the 70s to early 82, you know, Terry Funk was actually working in these eight, in these NWA territories, I think mainly in Florida. I mean, in 1975, when... Terry Funk defeated Jack Briscoe for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in Miami, Florida. I mean, that had that actually had to be a, you know one of the best moments right there. So, you know, so basically, you know, much like everybody else, you know, he started out in the territories, and then I think in 1981, he uh, Terry Funk actually arrived in uh, Continental Wrestling in Continental uh, Wrestling Association, and then he had that feud uh, with, with Jerry the King Lawler. So, you know, and of course it, it, there was a match, you know. I think it was a match in uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, like like that. So, but you know, we we jump into basically like now this is where the I mean Terry Funk, you know, in 1972 when he's when he arrived in Japan, you know, wrestled in Japan for close to 20 years from 1972 to 1991 for All Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, him and his brother Dory, I mean, those dudes just established themselves so well in Japan. And at first they were heels, but I think they eventually became baby faces. So I think basically those times, you know, I, I think they they worked many matches with with so many Japanese wrestlers back then. And I'm I'm sure those at the time they actually worked with the late uh, great uh, Bruiser Bruiser Brody as well as Stan Hansen. So for for, for such a long time, you know, spending all, all those years in Japan and then in the 80s as well. I think Terry Funk actually had a brief run in 1985 to 1986 with the World Wrestling Federation, and this was not long after uh, Vince McMahon uh, took over the promotion. So, and I think actually before that, I was doing the research. Um, before Terry Funk actually arrived in the WWF in 1985, he briefly wrestled for Vern Gagne's AWA up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, so I, I'm not sure exactly. Um, I think it was around that time when Terry Funk started the cowboy. Uh, he was wearing the cowboy hat, but he also had that thing he used to carry the ring. I, th I think it was some that sort of iron, which was part of his character. So that's basically, I think, where we kind of started seeing the character change in Terry Funk. Like, I think before that in Japan, everything, you know, he kind of like, I, I think his gimmick was like similar to the Von Erichs, you know, a cowboy with a cowboy hat, and, you know, a, brawl, a brawler, a tough physical brawler. And, of course, I'm doing this with my fist because I can't help it. But learning a lot from Ter about Terry Funk's career... It's just, you know, again, it's it's difficult, but, you know, I think basically it, it was around the 80s where we, we kind of started seeing a, a different CM Punk, so, you know, and I think uh, at, at that point, you know, he, he actually had that feud with the Junkyard Dog, 
And then um, I think he, he was actually part of a uh, he actually he he did wrestle actually at, at WrestleMania two, and then I think a, a few times he did cha- he did challenge uh, Hulk Hogan for the World Wrestling Federation title, of course. Uh, which, which of course, you know, I, I imagine Hogan, you know, uh, re- retained several times. So, as I'm kind of looking at it r- right now, um, yes, Terry Funk was in fact uh, featured at WrestleMania two, and he was actually on the card that was at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena. So, Terry Funk actually teamed up with um, with Hoss with Ho- with Hoss Funk, who of course was Dory Funk Jr., who of course is his brother. So, and, and, and to see and see, you know, the Funk brothers, you know. Team up together, you know, at WrestleMania two is, you know, it, it, it's amazing. You know, they defeated Tito Santana and the and the Junkyard Dog, so so it was good to see that somewhat his first run. I mean, of course, you know, the fact that he actually was that he challenged Hulk Hogan for the title several times. You know, he ended up leaving in 1986, and then of course uh, from 1986, you know, to 1989, I'm, I'm I'm not sure exactly what Terry Funk had been up to. Uh, during those years, because he, he didn't go to WCW until 1989, so of course there was that feud with Ric Flair, and of course you know that infamous I Quit match. So, man, so I think that time you know in, in WCW as well, uh, that that feud with Ric Flair you know you know speaks for itself. But I, I think he he uh, briefly had a feud with uh, with Tully Blanchard as well. So, so then after that, I mean you know. In, in the late 90s, you know, excuse me, in the mid 90s, you know, when he basically had returned to Japan to work for a promotion known as International Wrestling Association of Japan, I mean, that's what we thought that, you know, if we thought Terry Funk was hardcore then, I mean, in 1994, 1995, I mean, he took hardcore to such a whole new level, of course, that feud with Cactus Jack. <laughs> you know, I, I think it was in 1984, um, it was basically it was the King of the Deathmatch tournament, if I'm correct, which was in the fall, well, the late summer of 1995. So it was in Kawasaki, and then the final of the match was you know Terry Funk versus Cactus Jack, and it was basically a no ropes barbed wire exploding barbed wire boards and exploding ring time bomb deathmatch. I mean, I literally had to write it down in my notes on my laptop. <laughs> So I wanted to basically get it right as it was far what kind of match it was because I think it does matter. So, but man, I mean Terry Funk had so many death matches throughout 1995 in in Japan. I mean, the Japanese fans loved it. I mean, it worked. Yeah, Terry Funk and Mick Foley, God knows you know what they put themselves through. I mean, the fire, the barbed wire. I mean, Jesus. But you know what? They established a legacy, and you know what? The death matches from the 90s that Terry Funk had. And, 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 you know, that match, you know, with, with Cactus Jack, everybody still talks about it today. They're going to be talking about it for 10 years from now. They're going to still be talking about it 50 years from now. Hell, 100 years from now. You see, that that's the point I made earlier in this episode. Whatever, whatever Terry Funk did, it's going to be talked about forever. Because, again, Terry Funk is professional wrestling. So, so then not long after that, he goes to ECW. I mean... Now you're basically thinking like, no, Terry Funk at that point is really starting to age a little bit, but, but I gotta tell you, Terry Funk never slowed down because again, you know, this this is what he loved to do, and and honestly, he he just wanted to add more into his already well solidified positive legacy in the, in the world of professional wrestling, but most importantly, in, in the scene of hardcore. So when he goes to ECW, I mean, I mean. I think basically at, at that point later in his years, you know, according to some research, 
he did actually kind of um, he he went from the traditional southern style of wrestling and, and and of course he went to more hardcore wrestling as well. So he basically wanted to kind of like how do, how do you say? Um, I'm not sure exactly. He wanted to kind of modernize his style as well, but you know, it, it, it's hard to explain really. But you know, everything he did at ECW, I mean, the the feud, another feud with Cactus Jack, had a feud, you know, with the Sandman and Sabu. I mean, oh man, I mean, it seems like everywhere, like I said, you know, everywhere that Terry Funk went, a major positive impact was made out of it. So. And I'll never forget, actually, in um, in the late 90s, um, this is actually kind of before I got into professional wrestling, he returned to the World Wrestling Federation, and then um, I think he first arrived, you know, he was Leather, he was uh, Chainsaw Charlie, which was, of course, a character based off uh, Leatherface from the, from the Chainsaw Massacre, so he teamed up uh, with, with Mick Foley, and then, of course, in that feud with the, uh, with, with the New Age Outlaws, so, man... That that feud with the New Age Outlaws, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, when they actually at, at WrestleMania when Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie defeated the Outlaws in that dumpster match, and they they won the titles, but they lost the titles the next day. And of course, I'll never forget that promo that Cactus Jack cut when he when he supposedly turned heel. Man, it was amazing. So, so from those later years, I don't know. I mean. It, extensive research, you know, right, of course, before this episode, you know, to kind of, like, understand what, uh, what he did, so, Terry Funk did return to, um, he did briefly return to ECW in 1998, so, I think he was, I mean, I'm not sure exactly, uh, how that turned out, so, it, it, it was tough, so, so, I think in mid-1999, I think there's that story where he supposedly retired again, but, he did return to world class, uh, excuse me, to world championship wrestling, and he became the WCW Hardcore Champion. He was a three-time WCW Hardcore Champion and did win the WCW United States Heavyweight Title as well. So, but then, but then soon after that, you know, he compete he competed primarily on the independent circuit. But in two thousand from like two thousand two to two thousand four, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, of course in two thousand two, Ring of Honor, you know, all of a sudden emerged, and Ring of Honor was still considered a independent promotion at the time along with Major League Wrestling, so, so Terry Funk was actually a regular competitor for both Ring of Honor and Major League Wrestling, so, he actually did, he worked CM Punk several times, I mean, which, which I, I didn't even know, it's, it's just amazing what you can learn from just doing a little bit of research, so, man, and, and of course, you know, MLW, you know, closed, you know, for a while, I mean, I'll forget, you know, it reopened back in 2017, so, man, so for him to basically, you know, have those matches with CM Punk, I mean, it was it was great. And and then when when WWE did did the ECW One Night Stand in 2005, according to, according to some uh, according to some research excuse me research that I did, I'm I'm sorry, I'm, I'm so excited and emotional right now. It's hard to it's hard to talk, but <clears throat> but um, I think there was a time actually, uh, and now I kind of lost my train of thought. Yes, so he was offered uh, to work at the ECW One Night Stand in 2005, but he turned down the opportunity. Uh, I think he, he t if I remember correctly, he actually turned down the opportunity because he wanted to work a, a show that was actually held, that was actually put together by uh, Shane Douglas. So, and that particular show, he actually competed in in a, in a three-way barbed wire match, and I think Sabu ended up winning in that match. But I don't know, I don't remember who the other third competitor was, but. But, you know, 
He did actually, uh, in 2006, he did actually appear at that ECW One Night Stand. So he did briefly return to WWE in 2006 when, um, he, I'll never forget he confronted McFoley. I mean, this was like two weeks after McFoley turned heel, attacked Tommy Dreamer, and then, you know, formed that alliance with Edge and Lita. Then I'll, I'll never forget that, that promo that they had, you know, in the ring. And then, of course, this was to build up the match between Tommy Dreamer teaming up with T Terry Funk and Mick, versus McFoley and Edge at ECW One Night Stand. I mean, if you've seen that match, I mean, I'll never forget in that, one of the spots in that match, but, but man. And I think also you know, in 2004 when, uh, when TNA Wrestling was just first getting started, of course at the time it was called NWA Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, he did actually appear there in February of 2004 when he actually, uh, I, I think, um, teamed up with the Sandman. But... And I think also at the time, you know, there was also a time where he actually worked a match teaming with Raven as well, so... Um, so that's the reason why I that, but going back to that brief run in 2006, so... You know, in that, ma in that match um, with, uh, with him teaming up with, with Tommy Dreamer, I think there was a time where in the spot where he was injured, his eye got injured by Mick Foley with, with barbed wire, and then Funk went backstage but came back to the match and had a, a cloth over his eye and appeared to have been bleeding, I mean... Whether that was for real or not, I mean, Terry Funk just can't. I mean, he he, he can't be stopped. But then you, you kind of remember if you remember the uh, the infamous Hell in a Cell match with Mick Foley. I mean, the fact that Terry Funk, from what I understand, even Terry Funk tried to tell Mick Foley to stop the match. I mean, that that sometimes boggles my mind. But I've never, I've never honestly known for sure if that was just part of a, an act. I mean, if Terry Funk legitimately begged Mick Foley to to stop the match, but, but of course Mick Foley didn't. You know, ended ended up finishing. I mean. Again, a, a lot, a lot of things, a, a lot of things that we just don't know. So, so now basically at, at this point, you know, I'll never forget, you know, as well in September of 2010, there was actually a match called Glory by Honor, where uh, Tyler Black, who of course we know today as Seth Rollins, uh, that this was actually his final match, you know, in Ring of Honor, you know, and you know, and I won't forget how Tyler Black wins the Ring of Honor title, and then reveals that he's going to WWE, and then says he's going to leave the promotion with the title. I mean, we have saw that from CM Punk. I mean, we've seen several Ring of Honor guys do something like that, so. So I'll never forget, so that match between Tyler Black and Roderick Strong for the Ring of Honor title, which was a great match. I mean, my buddy Mark Braverman, who's been on the show before, has talked to me about that match before, and Terry Funk was actually the special ringside enforcer for the match, and I thought that was pretty cool, so. So from that point on, you know, of course, you know, he, he's working all over the Indies. You know, he worked uh, a Wrestle Reunion event match in Los Angeles in, in early 2011. Man. One of those times, you know, of course, you know, did actually make some, uh, I think in, in, uh, in the fall of 2013, he actually made, a, made a, a, a return to All Japan Pro Wrestling where he teamed up with his brother, uh, Dory, so... Man, and I think the match, you know, went on to be a, t a 20 minute time limit draw, so. And I'll never, and, and of course, you know, a month later he appeared at the House of Hardcore 3, uh, teaming up with uh, Tommy Dreamer, so. Man, so basically, you know, for all those years, I mean, in, in, in December of 2014, you know, once again, you know, he uh, goes to Japan again, so. So he basically, you know, really, you know, spent all those years, you know, his final years, you know, working, working the independent, the independent circuit. And I believe one of his final matches when he teamed up with the Rock and Roll Express, you know, they they actually um, and I think that they, they teamed up uh, I guess the team of Jerry Lawler and, and and his late son Brian Crisper and then a wrestler named Doug Gilbert. So, 
So then after that, and after that, when he finally retired for good in 2017, I mean, at that point, Terry Funk had made such an impact. I mean, you, you, you would have asked yourself, you know, what else could he have done? I mean, I think at that point, he still kind of... I, I asked myself, you know, at that point, while he was retired as a competitor, I'm sure that he probably still, you know, would, would go behind the scenes, you know, and mentor young wrestlers, give them advice. It would not surprise me if, if Terry Funk even had roles as a producer for matches and, you know, things like that, so... I mean, Terry, Terry Funk basically, while he was finally retired as a competitor, I mean, he was still, you know, doing great things, you know. He was inducted in, into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2009. And him, along, along with his brother, they were inducted by uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rose, and of course, WrestleMania 25 in 2009 was in Houston, Texas. So, so of course, uh, Terry Funk and his brother are, are going to be inducted into the Lone Star State, and then... Four years later, Terry Funk inducted Mick Foley into the WWE Hall of Fame, so... And I'll never forget, I, I think in, in 2016, Terry Funk actually appeared, appeared in a segment, um, in a cameo, in a, in a cameo segment with uh, Dean Ambrose, who of course we know now as John Moxley. You know, Dean Ambrose, of course, Bill Moxley, you know, of course, at the time Dean Ambrose was going to work a match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 32 in a No Holds Bar match. And then in that particular cameo appearance, Terry Funk, you know, gave Dean Ambrose the pep talk, and then of course gave him that chainsaw. So that, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And and and, then, and actually, you know, even before that, I think that Mick Foley did something similar. Mick Foley actually gave Ambrose, you know, a barbed wire baseball bat, and Mick told him, you know, consider this to be a, pa a passing of the torch. And then and then you know when Mick Foley t to end the to end his part when he said bang bang. I knew it had to be the barbed wire baseball bat because, especially when he said a passing of the torch, and then Mick Foley does his signature cactus jack, bang bang. Yeah, man, man, oh man, oh man, man. Everything he did, and you know, of course, you know, doing the research, you know, I already had known that Terry Funk had actually had several uh, movie appearances, but I actually had no idea, no idea that he actually in, in the 1989 film. Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze, Terry Funk actually had a role in that film as a bouncer. Okay, some of you may get angry at me for this, but I have not seen Roadhouse yet. I want to see it, I've just not had the chance yet. I don't know if it's on, I mean, I think it was uh, uh, two weeks ago, I saw, it on, I saw it on Netflix, but I either Netflix or on Hulu, but I, I would not be surprised if they took it down, because I my, my timing with Netflix and Hulu is... Uh, not very, very good, but but seeing that man, he had a, a role in a in Roadhouse. I'm like, well, now I really, now I really need to see. So, man, but but man, you know, what a life and and what a career. And in fact, you know, for the last couple of years, you know, Terry Funk, you know, has just been dealing, you know, with with some uh, with with, with health problems, you know, and and things have just been things have just been tough for the guy. I mean, in 2019. Terry Funk's wife of uh, 55 years, you know, passed away and he became a widowed man, so, you know, and I think, honestly, I think about, like, in, in June of 2021, I think that he, uh, he was officially diagnosed with dementia, like that, so, I mean, I don't know, but, you know, uh, Ric Flair, actually, in December of 2021, did, did uh, mention that, that Funk was actually back home and was doing fine, so... So it, it it does not surprise me. Terry Funk was obviously dealing with some health issues as well, and of course, you know his body just being destroyed from a 
from again from a career that that lasted over 50 years. You know, I, I, I can't imagine you know how many near, uh, how many operations he required and you know how expensive operations are. So, but man, I mean, it, it you know honestly, with with Terry Funk basically being in a better place now, he's reunited with his wife. You know, reunited with with, with his um, with his dad. You know. And imagine as well, you know, Dory Dory Funk. I mean, well, Dory Funk is actually, uh, you know, Dory Funk's older brother is actually still alive. So, but man, but you know, but Terry Funk is in a, is in a better place now, and 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 it's, you know, everybody, uh, all the respect that he's getting, you and looking all, I mean, right now looking at all all the list of accomplishments, man, everything he's done. I mean, it, it all it all speaks for himself. So, it it really all speaks for himself. And you know, of course, you know, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. You know, mentions you know the best in everything he did it in 1989. You know, the best brawler in 1989, the best heel, the best on interviews, the hardest worker, the feud of the year with Ric Flair. I mean, again, I mean that match with Ric Flair and what he did in 1989, it was huge. And the interesting part is, you know, and I didn't even mention this earlier, it's the fact that Ric Flair was the babyface and Terry Funk was heel. That could, that kind of speaks something. So. But, but man, honestly, I mean, all the promos, all the matches. I mean, again, everything that Terry Funk has done, it speaks for himself. And right now, I'm ur I'm urging, I'm finding the urge of just wanting to spend the rest of the night watching the man's the man's promos and watching his matches. I mean, I want to take it a step further than honoring the life and career of Terry Funk aside from this episode. I want to basically spend more time watching and maybe learn and learning of, of the impact that he made. So. So to, so to Terry Funk, thank you. Thank you for everything. Rest in peace, Terry Funk. God rest your amazing soul. Once again, I express my sincere and deepest condolences to his family. I will never forget the positive impact that Terry Funk has done, not only for the world of professional wrestling, but for anybody that truly looked to see and learn the art of wrestling as well. Terry Funk did a lot. His, his, his legacy lives forever. And once again, he is professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button, and please be sure that you hit the notification bell. That way, I know for sure that you will not be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. And one more thing. If you know somebody that loves professional wrestling, please let them know about Ringside Chaos. Because Ringside Chaos is the show for anybody out there that loves professional wrestling. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Once again, rest in peace, Terry Funk. You will be missed. Thank you.